Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. What is up, Fight Fans? We welcome you into the 101st episode of Inside Boxing Live. I am your host, Dan Canobio. We are no balloons today, but we are celebrating another week in the world of boxing, and the things are heating up. Joining us on the program today, Tim Bradley. He's going to break down the uh, Miguel Burchelt Oscar Valdez fight, as well as talk about some upcoming fights with uh, Devin Haney, his beef with him, uh, and Tiafimo Lopez, and and so on. So, great interview uh, with Tim Bradley. Some housekeeping notes: you can catch the show over on the Pluto Sports Boxing Channel, channel seven hundred and twenty-eight. Uh, you catch it Thursdays at four o'clock, and then all throughout the weekend. Same day with the Fubo Sports Network. Fridays at 4 o'clock on the Fubo Sports Network. And then, of course, over on Apple Podcasts and over on our YouTube. Don't forget to like uh, and subscribe over there. Now, big fight weekend coming up. Uh, Elvis Rodriguez is in action. Xander Zayas is in action. Otto Valin is in action versus Dominic Brazil. You got Burchelt and Valdez like I just talked about. And also, it is the return of Adrian Broner. Listen, I'm always going to tell you that boxing is fun and it should be fun. We should celebrate fun fighters. Adrian Broner is that. He's a character. He brings excitement. But the results just haven't been there, to say the least. He's fought... Hasn't fought since 29, uh, January 2019 when he, when he lost to Manny Pacquiao. Hasn't had a win since February 2017. What is Adrian Broner at this point? Throws 36 punches around over his last five fights. His opponents over that span are throwing 62 punches. He's getting outworked. Uh, he does land, uh, but like we said, what is it? What's next for, for, for Adrian Broner? If he does win this fight, and I expect him to win, is he's not going to get a layup in his next fight. Mario Barrios, Regis Progre. You know, there are a ton of killers at 140 pounds. So it's well, enjoy this week for what it is with Adrian Broner. We'll see what's next uh, from him. On the other side of things, I'm going to come out with our Miguel Burchell, Oscar Valdez, by the numbers. And on the other side of that, Mr. Tim Bradley. A lot coming up here on Inside Boxing Live. Marinate. A word as a boxing fan you never want to hear. But sometimes, on the rarest of occasions, a fight is slow-cooked to perfection. Miguel Burchelt and Oscar Valdez at the highest of their powers for that historic green WBC belt. Miguel Burchelt is peaking. He is one of, if not the premier puncher in the sport. There is no one in boxing at the moment landing at a higher overall connect percentage than Miguel Burchelt's 38.9%. His 31.5 landed punches per round is number two in all of boxing. Second omen or Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez. And it's the power that separates Burchelt from the pack. His 47% power connect rate ranks second in all of boxing, 0.1 percentage point behind Terence Crawford. The one dent in Burchelt's armor is his defense. Burchelt's opponents are landing over 16 punches per round and 35% of their power shots. This is undoubtedly what Oscar Valdez is going to try to exploit. It's been 30 months since Valdez hooked up with Eddie Reynoso. Over two and a half years to hone the skills. Find that perfect mix of boxer-puncher that Valdez has been searching for. You think that's enough time. While Oscar doesn't have the gaudy numbers like Burchelt, he leans on his overall boxing skills. In other words, he spreads the wealth. A 40% power connect rate. An above average six jabs landed per round. And most importantly, an elusiveness that allows opponents to land just 21% of their power shots. 
but Valdez is a brawler at heart. Many believe his only chance at winning will be to slow the pace down rather than go shot for shot with the mighty Burchelt. Two fighters fighting at the right time. A made-to-order, can't-miss affair, and it goes down Saturday night on ESPN. Joining us now on Inside Boxing Live, one of my favorite guests. He keeps it real all the time. He keeps it 100. Yeah. The Desert Storm, Mr. Tim Bradley. Huge fight upcoming. Beautiful scene there in the what I think is the, the backyard. I'm very jealous because... We are embarking on. <laughs> we're embarking on uh, snowstorm number three here in New York. You're living large out there. I'm very jealous, Tim. Oh, you know it's it's nice weather out here, man. You guys are freezing out there. We in the drop tops right now at the golf courses, <laughs> hanging out, in a couple of balls. You know, I mean, it's it's fantastic out here, man. The weather's beautiful in California, baby. Here in the desert. You golf? I don't golf, but uh, I. I golf, but I don't golf. Like I'm not like one of those guys that you know stay on the golf course all all day and yeah. you know and really competitive with it. But you know I'll go out there and hit some balls, uh, rather get in a hole or not, just to have fun. Exactly, that's that's my approach. There's a lot of lot of people in boxing are, are really into golf. You know, Canelo's getting into it. I know Bernardo Osuna plays a lot. Uh, Coppinger does yeah. a really ugly swing, but we'll talk about that for another time. But my man, Tim, huge fight. The last time we had you on, we were talking about uh, Zepeda Barancic, the aftermath, which was an outstanding yeah. all-action fight. We're about to preview a fight that I think could be up there in terms of action. Maybe we're not going to get eight knockdowns, but, you know, Valdez and Burchelt is as much as a can't-miss fight, the perfect marinated fight. How excited are you for this fight uh, coming up on Saturday? Yeah, a lot of people saying this fight's going to be good. I'm saying, no, this fight's going to be a war, baby. I'm excited about this fight. And the reason why I'm excited about this fight is because the nature of both fighters. You know, one, they're from Mexico. You know, any any fighter from Mexico, you know they come and they bring it, man. They, they wear their heart on their sleeve. Uh, you know, they show up to fight. And, you know, it's all about credibility. It's all about getting respect. It's all about, you know, putting their heart out there in the ring so everybody can see it. And that's a, that's a true Mexican fighter. And both these guys, they do that. They possess that, you know, starting with Burchelt, man, he's, he's a big 130 pounder. Uh, he is one of the best guys. He, he is one of the best 130 pounders right now. I think he's considered number one in a division. Um, you know, he's a fantastic slugger, big, tall, rangy, um, has shown two forms. I've seen him box. He boxed a little bit against Sosa, used the range, his range very well, uh, was able to, you know, uh, find his kill shot and, uh, you know, and get rid of Sosa. And we also seen him come forward, press forward, be aggressive, uh, throwing, uh, unleashing hellacious combinations, man. I haven't seen a guy, a natural puncher like this. Mm -hmm. And when I say natural, it's like it's relaxed. It's not tensed. You know, Valdez is more tense when he punched. This guy is relaxed, and he throws vicious combinations to the head and also to the body. And the sound, the way he punches, he just sitting ringside, the thudding sound of his blows, man, that he lands on his opponents is unreal. Yeah, you know, is. serious, natural, fluid puncher, you know. Um, that's what makes Burchard, honestly, man. Um, and plus, you know, I think going to this fight, we know that he's a, yes, better combination puncher. He is also, uh, you know, he's been proven here in his weight class for uh, for some time now. Right now, I believe it's going to be a seventh title defense in this 
in this uh in this weight class. I think he's chasing. Last time I read, I believe he's chasing uh, Chavez Jr. Senior, no, Chavez Senior. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. He's chasing Chavez, Chavez Senior's record. I believe it's ten. So, um, you know, you know, he's more more than motivated in this fight. Um, as far as Valdez goes, you know, Valdez brings it, man. He brings it every time out. You know, um, this is a guy that's relentless. A guy that has punching power as well. He, you know, he came up from 126. He was a champion there. Defended his title very well. Uh, he's after the WBC title uh, at 130. He's always wanted that belt. Um, he chose Burchelt. He wanted Burchelt, you right. know, so that's a big, huge difference in being forced to do something right. versus wanting to do something. Yeah. So he's going to be comfortable, you know, whatever happens. But, you know, this guy is a game, game fighter, man. Uh, he's an Olympian. Uh, we've seen two sides of him lately. I've seen he's kind of turned and transitioned into a counterpuncher. He was a slugger, face-first slugger. Um, but, you know, under the guidance of Ray Reynoso, you know, and, yeah. and, and the past history of him having three wars uh, with Genesis Cervania, with Scott Quigg, uh, and uh, also against uh, Miguel Mariaga, um, you know, those three wars, wars right there took a lot out of my field. But, you know, he went to Ray Reynoso because he wanted to become a more, more of a counterpuncher. And we saw that in his last fight against Velez. Um, but I think, I think at the end of the day, I think what this fight's going to boil down to, man, because I've been in this type of fight, it's going to boil down to whoever makes the weight comfortably, man. Honestly. Well, and if that's because, the case, you know, then if that's the case, then it's probably Valdez because Burchelt's a bigger guy. He's had tougher times uh, making the weight, and that's an interesting, interesting point there, Tim. But you talk about him being a counterpuncher, Valdez, and I think that's kind of what he is. Well, well, in comparison to Burchelt, no, no one, you know, throws a ton of punches. He's up there in the compu box uh, stats of the leaders in, in punches thrown, punches landed, power jabs, you name it. That's Burchelt's mo. He's gonna bring that. He's gonna bring that. You know, you know, he's bringing seventy-five to eighty punches around. What I want to see is what interests me in this fight with Valdez is Valdez brought in Reynoso, like you just talked about, to be more defensive-minded, to box more, to be a more well-rounded fighter. But he's a brawler at heart. We know that. He's a brawler. At what point does this fight go from, I want to slow it down, Valdez, to a straight-up brawl? I think, I think after a few, a few minutes in the first round, I think it's going to heat up. I think that Valdez is going to... See- He's going to find it very easy to be able to hit Burchell. You know, I believe Burchell's going to come get him. You know, we've seen in the past that we've seen in the past Valdez struggle against guys that actually are aggressive and come forward and bag him up. You know, those guys I just mentioned, those guys that he went to war with, those guys came forward. Those guys were aggressive. They were in his face and they brought the fight out of Valdez. Well, I think. Burchelt, that's what he's going to want to do. He's going to want to press this kid. He's going to want to test him early. He's going to be in his face. And I think after a minute or so, after a minute or so in the first round. <laughs> you give it a minute. As as get on that chin, the war is going to break out, man. The war will break out. Uh, because, you know, Burchelt's not a hard guy to hit. Exactly. I, mean, you know, I was going to say that. He, he, he gets hit. up and down. Very, you know, he, he don't really flex at the waist or bend. Uh, you know, he keeps his head on the line all the time. He keeps his hands up really tight. But, you know, he's not a he's not a hard guy to, to, to miss. You know what I mean? You, yeah. you, so I believe that the fight could break out a lot sooner. Well, it, uh, probably in the first round, man. I uh, hope soon so. As Valdez, I, 
I think a lot of fans would be interested in that. The thing with Burchelt, Tim, the thing with Burchelt is, like you said, his defense, he can get hit. You know, almost 38% of power shots are landed on him. If you take a look at Valdez, a little more elusive. I think it's around 22, 23%. So that just shows you right there that that, uh, Valdez has a little bit of a defensive edge uh, heading in. Let's do some fan questions. I got a bunch uh, on Twitter. David Cushion wants to know, Tim, was there anyone you really wanted to fight that you didn't get to when you were active? Mayweather. <laughs> Mayweather was a guy that I wanted to fight. Yeah, you knew, you knew that. Mayweather was a guy that I wanted to fight. It was a guy that I, I, that I, when I was coming up on the rise, I was like, if that guy is still there, when I get on top, you know, I, I'm going to be the first guy to beat him. I felt that I had the goods to be able to beat him. Rather people think it or not, you know, I, I just felt that I have quick feet, um, reflexes. I've been watching him my whole career. Uh, I know his favorite moves. Uh, I understand where he's comfortable, where he's uncomfortable. Uh, he's a master at distance, but I just felt that I would be able to, with my speed, my quickness, and uh, just my work rate, my volume, I, I felt that I can, you know, get close, work him. When he tried to go in that shoulder roll, I felt that I can work my combinations Man. and then get out and still be defensive enough to make him miss and then make him pay. So uh, that guy right there, Mayweather, man. <laughs> there um, it is. Tim, um, you are not, one of the reasons you're my favorite guest is because you, like you said, you keep it 100. You are not afraid to criticize a fighter. You're not afraid to say what's on your mind. You did a post-fight interview after this past one. You said some things about Devin Haney that if you just listened to, they, they weren't like derogatory. You gave him a ton of props, but you said that he doesn't have an identity uh, or he, he uh, has fought B-level fighters or, or not even. Haney didn't like it. He tweeted some nonsense at you. Uh, what, what do you think about Devin Haney and this whole this situation? These fighters, man, the, they get, they're very sensitive when you have something to say. Of course. I mean, fighters, we are sensitive because we put in a, a, a lot of work and, you know, he's going to feel a certain way. And, and I say it because it's my truth. It's what I see. I've been in the game a lot, a, a lot longer than he have. Um, you know, I've, I've lived the sport. So, you know, I didn't I didn't I didn't say it to be disrespectful to Devin Haney. I think he's a tremendous fighter. Uh, he's very, very talented. But, you know, it's true. It's true. It's very true that he's been through a lot of trainer changes, you know, and I think that's the reason why we haven't seen him really grow as a fighter because, you know, he's trying different things and he's like, you know, there's nothing definitive about him, you know, that I see just like, man, this kid, this kid is bad at this or he's great at this. It's nothing really definitive. And you know, I compare his matchup when he fought against Gamboa, and I'm like, man, he struggled in spots in that fight. And Gamboa is definitely watered down, you know, great former champion or whatever. But I figured that Haney should have been ha- good enough to be able to figure a way to get rid of this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, those are my expectations, especially when you're fighting a vet like that. You know, when I fought Casamayor, I would have been sad if I didn't knock, if I didn't stop him. <laughs> you know, I mean, a 40-something-year-old, I mean, if I didn't stop Casamayor, there was a big problem for me. That would have been a big issue for me. But I was able to find a way to get him up out of there. Yeah. And I have the same expectations. If you a guy like if you're a guy like Devin Haney and you're screaming about and you're a champion, you know, there's expectations. And if you don't meet those expectations, of course people are gonna talk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if if he's comfortable with that, that's fine. Not but I'm just speaking the facts, man. Yeah. That's all I'm doing. Speaking the facts. 
get a trainer, stick with your trainer, continue to prove. I, I see, I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, I seen him kind of regress in his career. I don't, I don't see him improving. I don't know. I, I don't know what everybody else is seeing, but I've seen him kind of regress. I didn't, I didn't see him, you know, increase or get better. You know, it's uh, tough because he just hasn't he just hasn't been in there. Like I, I would say, out of the four got princes, I'm calling them at 135 is is he, he just is falling a little bit behind in terms of competition. You know, Tiafimo is just happened to. I know I don't like to say that there's luck involved in any professional sport, but there is in boxing when it's as fragmented as it is. Tiafimo was in a right place at the right time to get a fight like Lomachenko. Yes, he had to beat Comey. Yes, he had to beat Nakatani. He was able to get that because of the politics of boxing. It just aligned perfectly for him. Same thing with uh, Ryan Garcia. He was able to get Luke Campbell because it was an opponent there for him. Uh, Tank Davis, to a lesser degree, has fought decent opponents. You know, Leo Santa Cruz blown up uh, featherweight, yada, yada, yada. But when it comes to Haney, he just hasn't had that step-up fight. I, I mean, Jorge Linares is being rumored. That could be a really good measuring stick on what he could be. Yes, Yes, and, and that's what we want to see him against. We want to see him against guys that we know. Like, you want to you want to see these young fighters against guys like where you go, hmm, that's going to be a good matchup. I, I don't know. I really don't know who who's going to win that match. Like, yeah, I favor Haney, but, man, I still want to see him against a guy like Linares, a guy that's been proven, a guy that's been there, a guy that's been in the ring. And kind of you want to compare them to, like, you know, when Linares fought against Lomachenko, what did he do against him, you know? Uh, when Linares fought against Luke Campbell, he beat Luke Campbell. You know what I mean? Like, you want to be able to compare these guys and their yeah. performances based on how they looked in these fights. And so with Haney, we want to see him against Linares because Linares did very well against Lomachenko, even though he got stopped by Lomachenko. But we want to see what Haney can do against him. Yeah, you know? dropped him, too. He, uh, uh, Linares dropped Lomachenko. It's for our mind, man. So we can use it as a measuring stick and say, yes, he is improving. Yes, he can handle that type of work. Yeah. Um, I want to see Haney against a guy like Nakatani. Ooh. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing him nice. or a guy like Richard Comey. You yeah, know, there's so many a options. Like- there's so many options out there. Tim, one last thing. There are there's a small portion of Twitter. Um, they have nothing good to say. There's the negativity. There's criticism. You're a guy that's in the limelight. There are a, a portion that will say you don't ever criticize top ranked fighters. You don't ever criticize ESPN guys. If let's let's just do let's just bring up a guy like Tiafimo. Obviously, we can sing his praises. Is there something in Tiafimo's game or something with Tiafimo's personality or, or what he's become since he's beat Lomachenko that you would say he needs to work on? So you can just erase this whole uh, stigma that's out there. Well, I don't see. The thing is, is that I don't care about what other other people think of me. You know, and I think that's the problem with this pretty much this generation, this world today. I mean. You know, I remember back in the days where you can say things and and people weren't offended by it, but uh, Twitter and all this other crap, people get offended by it. And, bro, I'm I'm comfortable with my skin and and I've lived it. So, you know, it always matter where where it's coming from, where that source coming from. You know what I'm saying? Who's the source? So if it's just general people just saying whatever, then it's just to to get clicks or get likes or get this. For me, uh, it's not about that, man. So when I... Tifimo Lopez, I just... I didn't criticize him, but I just said, like, hey, the business side of boxing. I just wanted to, to, to tell him about the business side of boxing and how things work. So we know where Tefimo's values are. His values is money. He wants the money. He feels he deserves. And he's not wrong for saying that or thinking that. He's not wrong at all. But 
the way I think about the business is, is that it's a partnership with the promoter, with the network. You're in a partnership, you know, and if you are unhappy and if you want to take your business elsewhere, it, it becomes a problem. That becomes a problem. So, like, allowing this fight against uh, Cambosis to go to purse bid, it, it, uh, to me, it doesn't make any sense. It's like you have all the, uh, other promoters that can bid on this fight, and if they bid on it, you're going to go fight on that network, and you're going to be fighting with that promoter. All right? I don't think that's cool. You know, I've been in the business long enough. I don't think that's cool. I don't care what these guys say. I know how promoters think, and I know how fighters think at yeah. the same dang time. You've been through so it. I'm saying, no, you're not wrong for wanting more money. No, you're not wrong for that. But there's a way to there's a way to to be able to, you know, talk talk this over with your promoter, and reason with one another, and just to fix this so that way everybody, all parties, will be happy. Yeah, you know it's, what I'm saying. It's, it's wild times. It's it's it's. So, these guys all gotta fight each other. Hey, I'm gonna tell you one more thing, man. Go ahead. The guy that's gonna beat Teofimo Lopez is a guy that's gonna be tough, a guy that could, a guy that can take a punch, and a guy that can bag him up. You know, he's everybody's saying that. Oh, you, I don't criticize, I, I don't criticize top ranked fighters. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I criticize them just as well as I criticize everybody else. Yes, I do. I tell you when the guys needs to step up and fight somebody. I tell you when the guy is is fighting cab drivers. I'll let you guys know that, straight up. Yeah, you know, that's but for Tefimo, I'm gonna tell you a guy. I'm gonna tell you a guy that's gonna beat Tefimo is a guy that's gonna bag him up, a guy that can pressure him, that can break his will. At that guy right there is gonna beat a guy like Tefimo Lopez that can take a punch, someone serious, someone probably. Uh, I don't know. I don't even want to say this name because I don't want to stir up anything. But you know what? I'm gonna say it anyway. Possibly, depending on who wins the fight with Taylor and Ramirez, I believe that a Ramirez fight, if if he was to win, will be a tough fight for a guy like Tiafimo Lopez because he's a guy that has a really good chin. He's a guy that's relentless, a guy that can be in his face and bag him up, and a guy that, that probably could, you know, give him a really rough time in the ring. I'm not going to say beat him, but give him a really rough time in the ring. There it is. You, you had it. You, fans at home say that, that Tim Bradley doesn't criticize or doesn't say or doesn't keep it real. You're wrong. He always does. That's why he's one of our favorite guests here on Inside Boxing Live. This Saturday night, ESPN, tell your friends to tune into this fight because it's a can't-miss fight. Tim Bradley, appreciate the time. Thank you. Appreciate y'all. Love. Thank you for having me, man. How about the Desert Storm Tim Bradley? You wind that guy up, he goes off. He loves his job, uh, asset to the sport, and there he's got something to say about T-Fimo. So can you put that to rest that he only uh, he has nothing bad to say about any top rank guys? He works for top rank. He works for ESPN. Of course, he's going to shade uh, those guys. But a uh, great show upcoming uh, this weekend. There's some great action next weekend. Also, the return of Canelo Alvarez. Canelo Alvarez is back. He fought, what, 70 days ago? Uh, now he takes on Anvi Yildirim. It is a WBC uh, mandatory. Gets that out of the way. Supposedly, BJ Saunders will be in attendance in Miami. They're going to get in the ring. They're going to face off. They're going to shake hands. Maybe not shake hands. But Canelo Yildirim's this weekend. Joseph Parker versus Junior Fa in the heavyweight division. Haven't heard a, a lick about this fight, but it's happening next weekend. Anthony Durrell versus Kyron Davis is now a WBC eliminator. Kyron Davis is ranked 90th on BoxRec, and he has never fought at super middleweight. That makes sense. Hashtag boxing. 
but I'm keeping it positive. We're keeping it light. We're keeping it fun. We'll see you next week for another edition of Inside Boxing Live.